What's going on, everybody? You are now listening to the Landry Shift Podcast, episode four, with your host, Alex Matthew. We're going to go ahead and go over um, the game on Sunday against the New York Giants, do a uh, recap of the game, talk about some of the big things that happened in the league on Sunday and Monday night, and uh, talk about the upcoming three weeks and what the Cowboys need to do to get in the playoffs. So I appreciate guys listening, appreciate all the support. Um, you know, I feel like every episode we gain some more listeners, gain some more followers. So I certainly appreciate it. The best thing y'all can do if you like the podcast, the best way to support it is to tell your friends about it. If you have some Cowboys fans, some football fans, you know, word of mouth is the best way that I'm going to uh, get, you know, more support and get um, more listeners. So if you if you like the podcast, please let me know. Send your feedback on Twitter, Facebook. Um, you know, you can shoot me a, an email. And uh, so I certainly appreciate it. So jumping into the game on Sunday, you know, I would be lying if I told you that I wasn't a little nervous, you know, going there into the fourth quarter. Um, you know, when we talked on Saturday, when, when I was recording the podcast on Saturday, one of the things I mentioned was how it, you know, I was feeling a little nervous with, um, you know, the interim coach, Eli coming back, you know, that can kind of create a little bit of a spark for a team especially a team like the Giants who haven't been playing well and then they play, you know, the Cowboys and, you know, obviously we're a bitter rivals. So, uh, you know, going into the fourth quarter, I was a little nervous. Um, I felt like we, you know, missed out on quite a few opportunities. Um, so, you know, when you play a tough opponent and no matter what their schedule is or injuries or this and that, the Giants are always going to be tough. No, uh, you know, they're always going to be. They're, they're rivals. They're going to play us the best way they can. So whenever you're playing a division rival on the road, you really have to capitalize on every opportunity that you can, and we didn't. And I feel like we got really lucky to come out with a win, and the the score, the box score certainly doesn't indicate how close the game was, um, you know, throughout. Uh, one of the things, you know, just starting from, you know, like I said, I always have my notes that I take from the game, so just starting from top to bottom, from the beginning of the game to the end, one of the things that always frustrates me that Jason Garrett loves to do is when you receive, when you um, win the coin toss, the beginning of the game, he always receives. And I, I get from a coach's standpoint, you know, um, psychologically kind of getting there, setting the tempo of the game, getting your boys ready, trying to put points on the board, board first. But I feel like you miss a massive opportunity to go for two for one at the end of the first half, beginning of the second half. Um, I feel like strategically kicking the ball, being able to time it out at the end of the second quarter, you know, second quarter to try and get a, you know, two stores for one. Um, it, strategically, it's it's so worth it to me, especially with the type of game that we play. We're gonna run the clock. We're gonna manage the ball. We're gonna manage time of possession. What perfect way to do that than to give them the ball first, try to get them off the field, and and begin that you know, type of possession chess match that you play with the other coach. Um, just something that I've noticed. I, I'm sure quite a few of you have. I know um, some of my favorite follows on Twitter that kind of follow that talk about the Cowboys. Um, they they notice it too. So you know, common thing to know, but just something that frustrates me. And we did it again at the Giants. Um, going into the first and the second quarter, uh, you know, like I said, missed opportunities left and right, whether it was missed field goals, um, dropped uh, catches by wide receivers. I mean, here's the thing. with I understand that the, the chemistry between Dak and Dez is off a little bit, but, you know, when, when Dak throws 
that was a pretty good ball, right? I mean, it wasn't a perfect it wasn't a perfect throw, but when he throws a ball like that and, and it goes right in between Des Bryant's hands and hits him in the face mask, there's no excuse for that. I mean, that's on Des. So as much as everybody wants to talk about, you know, he has, his talent has to drop down. It's just you know different steam, chemistry's a little off, and I've I've preached that too, you know, in, in previous episodes and when I talked to people about it. But when you see stuff like that, man, it, you leave scratching your head. You're just like, man. You know, you wanted to defend him as a Cowboys fan, right? He's done so much for you. He's one of my favorite players. But when you see stuff like that, it's just so frustrating. So I feel like it's hard for me, you know, and the announcers will be the first one to jump on Dez when he's on the sideline yelling, pumping the team up, trying to get the ball, demanding the ball. And then you do all that. You talk all the trash, and then you drop a very easy ball like that. And I, and I say easy relative to his talent level. Right, if he if he thinks he's an elite wide receiver, he thinks one of the top in the game, then you gotta catch that. Right? Your your stats are low already. You know, you if you call yourself an elite wide receiver, then make the catch. Um, you know, I think he dropped the ball. I think he had two or three drops in the game. I think it was more, I think it was two. Um, but he, you know, when you have two drops, we only have five or six receptions. I don't remember off the top of my head how many he had. I can I can check here in a second. But when you only have you know, four or five receptions and you drop two, well, I mean, you know, come on, right? So definitely something you got to work on. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a chemistry issue as much as it is just Dez touch the ball. Yeah, he had um, – that's, that's the wrong game. I'm sorry. So uh, – and Cole Beasley as well did the same thing. Um, you know, a couple of easy ones. And I feel – people have made mention that, you know, Cole Beasley is having an off year this year – I feel like this on purpose. I don't feel like it's him as much as it is teams double teaming him, not allowing Dak to have those seven and eight yards slant routes, out routes like they did previously. But I feel like uh, Cole Beasley's route running ability, not so much the ability, but his route running this year has dropped, um, has has gone down a little bit. He is not um, as clean of a route runner as he as he was last year. You see him quite a few times. I've noticed, you know when. It's third and seven, he's running six-yard routes, five-yard routes. Um, and, and that may just be the design, but you would think if, if third and seven, why run a six-yard uh, six route? Go ahead and, and run the seven-yard route, get the first down, and, and avoid having to muscle your way into a first down because you're not. You're not going to do it. You're too small. Going back, Des had three catches. Um, so, I mean, you had three catches and uh, – Five targets, he dropped two of them. So you're dropping about, you know, a little less than half of the balls you're thrown in that game. Um, that's rough, you know. So, uh, but we had, I think we had um, on those, when Dez had the second drop of the game and then Cole Beasley had the drop, put system fourth down, then we missed the field goal. That's stuff like that, that if we would have lost the game, you just look back on. And those are those opportunities I was talking about where you, you have to capitalize on every opportunity. I mean, I, you can't drop back-to-back catches. I know it's two different receivers and then miss the field goal. Speaking of that, Dan Bailey definitely having an off game. I think he missed two field goals and a point-after attempt, um, which was the first point-after attempt he's ever missed in his career, by the way. So it's hard to get mad at him. Um, after the game, or I think it was today, on 105.3 The Fan, which is uh, the Dallas Cowboys um, flagship radio station in Dallas, uh, Jerry Jones came out and said that Dan Bailey had a sore hamstring and he was kind of um, nursing it a little bit or trying to protect it. So 
you know, not necessarily an excuse, but maybe more insight on, on why Dan Bailey had a very off game. Um, James Hanna, man, second catch of the season. Um, you know, he has actually had two pretty clutch uh, catches, so can't hate it for that. Um, I think the defense played pretty well uh, relative to, you know, what the Giants put out there on offense. But, um, you know, first drive, couple of forced fumbles, couldn't recover. Um, I think we missed David Irving big time. I will say that the defense did play pretty well. The three rookie secondary players played fantastic. I thought they, I thought they did a great job. Uh, I mean, uh, pardon me, I'm sorry. Eli Manning went 31 for 46 for 228. He had a touchdown, two interceptions, a 52 TBR. I think the secondary did a really great job, especially considering um, – how little the Cowboys defense aligned did. And I think a lot of that is because of David Irving. You take David Irving out of that defensive tackle position, really easy to double up on DeMarcus Lawrence. And when you have Malik Collins, isn't necessarily a pass rusher, right? Um, then you sub in Lewis Neal, Richard Ash, the J Deontay Jones, um, you sub them in, they're not really a threat. Um, so we definitely missed David Irving, uh, putting some pressure up the middle and, um, the run game too. I, I felt like the giants rushed pretty well on us. Um, Gallman had 59 yards, Darkwood had 29, Shane Vereen had 23, you know, they rushed for over a uh, hundred yards. Sterling Shepard had a nine yard loss. So they're trying to drop that rushing total down a little bit. But like we talked about in the podcast on Saturday, that running back by committee, 12, 10, 6 carries, all put up pretty decent numbers. So um, I think a lot of that was at the middle from what I remember. Uh, so that's where you start to miss David Irving. And I think he, I think his, his ability to, um, for offensive linemen to focus on him allows DeMarcus Lawrence some of those more, you know, better opportunities. And as we're talking about DeMarcus Lawrence, uh, you know, he had that rant after the game with a lack of holding calls on the, uh, you know, he had the rant against the refs and the lack of holding calls that the Cowboys have gotten, which is a, a very good point. I think the Cowboys had seven or eight holding calls all year long, four of which were September. So we've had three or four in the entire month of October, November, and half of December now. That's unbelievable. You can't, I mean, there's holding on every play, right? And I, I know they don't call holding on every play, but you're telling me that in, in three and a half months, we've only been held three times. I don't believe that for a second. Um, Mike Fisher, uh, who's a great uh, follow on Twitter at fish sports was on one of 5.3. The fan was asked about the rant. And I think he, he put a, made a very good point. He said, and I quote, it's not a conspiracy. It's incompetence. And, and I agree with him completely. It isn't competence because you like like I said, there's hold on in every play. So you can't tell me that they're not getting held, that you're not holding any holding calls whatsoever. Um, especially when you have a talented defensive end like Demarcus Lawrence, you have a talented defensive tackle like David Irving, you have a gritty defensive end and Tyrone Crawford. You can't tell me that that they're not getting held at all. Um, so I would like to really see. I mean, you'll see on Twitter on Facebook pictures of guys just getting tackled, uh, our defensive linemen. So, um, you know, I think he, that was a strategic rant. I think it was on purpose. I think that, you know, although he made it fine, I think some of the profanity and the way he said it was on purpose. I think a lot of it was emotional, but I think he was thinking, 
you know what, I gotta, I gotta say something. I gotta get this, my point across a little bit. Um, so, you know, we got three games left. Let's see what, you know, how the referees react. Uh, you know, it could go one or two ways. They could not call, you know, things on purpose just because, or they could maybe after that, somebody from the officiating, um, you know, the the head officiating crew could come down and, and make sure that the, the crew that we're playing or part, the crew that will be officiating the next three games kind of looks out for it a little bit. Um, so, you know, going in the fourth quarter, games 10-10, we, you know, didn't have a lot of big plays. We had the, the Des Bryant 50-yard uh, touchdown um, at the end of the second quarter. There was no scoring in the third quarter. So that was kind of the biggest play um, that we had had pretty much in the entire first half. Going in the fourth quarter, though, had a, a good bit of kind of a scoring outburst. Jason Witten is a 20-yard touchdown pass from Dat Prescott. Past two games, Jason Witten has had two completions, both for touchdowns. And I will say they were both in very similar routes. That seam route, that kind of that seam post. Um, and it, it seems like he he catches a lot of his touchdowns with that route, which makes me wonder, why not use that more at the beginning of the drive? So you see, you know, when, you, when you're at the red zone, Jason Witten runs a lot of just, you know, Seven yards, find the soft spot in the coverage, turn around. Seven yards, run to the sideline, you know, out route or in route. But it, it's always really designed just find the soft spot in the coverage, which he's great at, don't get me wrong. But as you see, I mean, two games, two catches, two touchdowns, both on similar routes. I would love to see Jason Witten run some more of those seam routes. Um, I feel like we don't have any deep throws down the, in the middle of the field. I feel like we have Dez on the outside of the field running deep routes, or we have slants or you know post patterns from the outside going in. But I would like to see him in the slot, pick him out into the slot, or, or put him in a three, um, you know, a three point stance. Have him run the seam. I like to see that a little bit, especially against the Raiders, really bad defense. Um, you know, especially the middle of their defense, um, safeties and corners, not that great. I like to see them try to. Use Jason Witten a little bit more, especially if Cole Beasley's going to be doubled. Dak and Dez have had their chemistry issues. Terrence Williams is hit or miss. I mean, he, you know, half the balls he catches, half the balls bounce off his chest because he doesn't know how to catch with his hands, right? So I'd like to see them do that a little bit and and see if it's successful. Um, you know, that that kind of recaps the game. Like I said, it was a it was a little bit of a grinder game. Like we talked about, it was probably going to be. Um, Rod Smith came up huge in the in the fourth quarter. Uh, I will say this, you know, it's easy to look at Dak Prescott's stats and then look at the kind of the scoring plays and say, okay, well, he had a 50-yard yards after the catch. Pretty All of it was yards after the catch with Dez. He had 81-yard, you know, pass from Rod Smith. Most of it was the yards after the catch. I w- do want to point out, though, with that one with Rod Smith, that, that was all Dak. Um, if you watch the game, I think he looked over to the right. He saw Rod Smith. Uh, I think he was either by himself or it was a severe mismatch. And you saw him, you know, clapping, 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 trying to get the ball snapped quickly. And he looked right to Rod Smith and threw it to him. So he knew. Although a lot of that was yards at the catch, that was a great job by Dak Prescott. Reading the defense, look, you know, looking from left to right, noticing the matchup, putting trust in his guy. And, and Rod Smith is really you know, done well with the opportunities he's been given in these past couple of games that Zeke's been out. Um, you know, I was talking to some people uh, today. 
we pretty much know that Alfred Morris is probably going to take a paycheck, go to a different team. Uh, and a lot of talk has been, um, you know, people have talked about, you know, do we need to draft a running back? Zeke's had his issues, draft a running back. I don't think so. I really don't. I think Rod Smith has proven to be a very solid number two, a very solid kind of third down change of pace back. And I think it would, you know, be very, very, very easy. Draft the best player available, find a running back in the free agency. I don't see any need to to draft a running back unless it's in the, you know, sixth or seventh round and there's just a guy there that you like. But I don't see any reason on spending any pick before five on a running back. Um especially, you know, someone who's going to be the third string. I think Rod Smith has really done a great job running the ball, catching the ball. Um, so I, I don't see any any reason to draft one. So a real big Rod Smith fan. I think it's really cool after real, every big play. You know, his, his brother Jalen is right there to congratulate him. I think it's a pretty cool thing. I mean, how many how many men make the NFL? I mean, how many, you know, you hit that pool. I mean, how many brothers, right? You have the McCordys the longs, but then how many brothers should play on the same exact team? I think that's awesome. A big deal. So, so good for them. Um, I, I will say, speaking of the Smith brothers, Jalen Smith has been playing fairly decent. Uh, this was Sean Lee's first game back, so he didn't play as much, but in those, in the past two games that he's, that he's played and kind of started, Jalen Smith has been very impressive. I mean, he's a, he's a, I know he's not a rookie, but he's having a pretty solid season, uh, you know, quote unquote rookie season. I think he's had like 70 tackles, two forced fumbles, a sack, an interception. So somebody who isn't a starter, um, I think he's had a you know a fairly solid uh, season. So you know, hopefully, confidence levels has risen. The knees healed up a little bit. Learning a little bit more. Excited to see kind of how he progresses over the next uh, you know couple of months. Have a full healthy off season and see how he plays next year. So that's kind of all the recap I have for the game. I do want to talk about some of the the Sunday games. Um, man, we didn't get any help at all in the Sunday morning games and the early games. So much so where uh, our our chances of making the playoffs are are very slim right now. I think I read somewhere if we win out, we still only have a sixty percent chance. So if we lose a game, it's pretty much you know over essentially. Um, we can actually be knocked out of the playoffs this week if if a couple of different things happen. But no help. From the early games, the Vikings losing really hurt us. The Falcons winning Thursday hurt us. Um, I think the only help we got was Jaguars beating Seattle. But so much stuff happened in the early games. The Browns um, almost beating the Packers. The Packers winning. The Lions won. I think so much negative or so many things that we needed to happen that didn't happen in the early games really didn't. That that Seahawks loss didn't really you know, help us out that much. However, there's still a chance, albeit kind of a difficult one. Um, but I, you know, if I'm if I'm some of these other teams that are either kind of a lot for the playoffs or in the hunt, I'm really, really, really nervous about the Cowboys. Uh, I really am. I think the Cowboy. I think we're beginning to peak at the right time, uh, which is things that you know something we haven't done in the past. We kind of always peaked in the beginning of the middle of the season. But we're peaking at the right time. That press starts playing better. Our defense is playing well. We have some rookies that are stepping up. We'll get Zeke back. You know, we're we're not entirely unhealthy or injured. So some of the steps that it'll take to for us to get in the playoffs. This is uh, via USA Today. Um, step one: win out, obviously. Raiders, Seahawks, Eagles. 
um, which by the way, you know, I'm sure you've heard Carson Wentz out with an ACL. Um, as just a person, I hate that form as a Cowboys fan. Um, you know, I hate the Eagles, so I'll just leave it at that. Uh, step two, Packers and the Lions have to lose once. So the um, Packers net schedule at the Panthers, home to the Vikings, at the Lions. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is rumored to return week 15, week 16. I mean, I think they could lose all three of those games, really. So uh, I think they could lose any one of those games. Um so both of those, the both of them have to lose once, which they play week seventeen. So one of them will lose. So we just need um, the other one, whoever you know wins that game, to lose one of the previous two games. So Packers and Lions need to lose once, and the Falcons or the Panthers need to lose twice. They also play each other. So um, you'll just need some losses there. There's a, a bunch of different little scenarios and things like that that can play out. You know, if the Panthers win, this is who you need to root for. If the Packers win, this is who you need to root for. Um, so quite a few different s- scenarios. So I think the biggest thing is Cowboys fans is one, obviously, hope to make the playoffs, right? Um, but I think the Cowboys just need to put their heads down, win the three games, and just see how everything plays out. Um, you know, it, it'll be tough to be a 10-6 team and miss the playoffs, but that's what happens when you lose to some of those you know, on the verge wild card teams like we did to the Falcons. Um, and that just, and we lost to the Packers too a few weeks ago. And that just, I think, highlights the importance of those, the Packers and Rams games. We lost so close at the end. They came back. Um, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to uh, live in the past. We're just going to look at these next three games. Raiders, Seahawks, Eagles, I think they have a really good chance of winning out. I think the Seahawks um, offense is super hit or miss. I mean, they're either firing in all cylinders or they're just awful. So, you know, fingers crossed we catch them on a bad day. But I think Zeke, Zeke coming back, he'll be busting out of the seams. He'll be ready to go. So really good chance to think to win out and then just hopefully some chips will fall our way. Um, uh, fantasy football playoffs started this week. Actually, for one of my leads, the first round ended this week. Barely got in with that awful Tom Brady performance. That's who my opponent had, so I was able to squeak in. But um, plenty of free agent finds out there. Uh, Case Keenum, Jimmy G, um, potentially uh, even Blake Bortles, even some free agent running backs, or pardon me, quarterbacks. Um, Plenty of free agent running backs available. I think Rod Smith is a pretty good flyer, depending on how deep your league is. And I think uh, wide receivers, there's plenty of them. Uh, Just again, depending on how... Um, deep your league is. If nobody's picked up Josh Gordon yet, I would definitely pick him up. Somebody I picked up a couple weeks ago has been playing pretty well is Dede Westbrook and Corey Coleman. Um, both really good solid reinforcements depending on you know who you have on your roster. But um, you know, plenty of guys for reinforcements for the playoffs. But uh, listen, I'm going to cut it short. I don't want to um, don't want to don't want to ramble on too much. Listen, guys, I appreciate the support. Finishing up episode four. Uh, I've really enjoyed the process. Please, as always, you can follow the the show um, on Twitter at Landry Shift Show. And you can fo- also like us on Facebook. Um, try to post periodically. Please feel free to, you know, f- you know, provide some feedback on the posts. You know, send us a message. See what, you know, if there's anything you'd like to hear. 
um, any tips, anything that, just your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you guys. You can follow the show on Twitter. You can also follow my personal Twitter at ammatthew24. That's A-M-M-A-T-H-24 on Twitter. Follow me. Um, you know, always tweet throughout the week some different stuff. So please, guys, provide your feedback. Spread uh, your support. If you support the podcast, please tell your friends about it. Let us know. And um, I plan on doing another podcast later on this week, previewing the Raiders game, talking about um, some different Cowboys, things that happened throughout the week, practice reports, injuries, this and that. So appreciate it, guys. Have a great night. Talk to you soon.